Hello everyone, welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast, episode 69. Starring Jimbo and Fisher. And we've entitled this podcast, Everybody's Favourite Episode Number. Because of course, it's episode 69, which is a little bit uh, on the... You stop laughing. A little bit on the cheeky side, of course. And uh, with that, we've obviously got our song, as we always do. So... Our song. What? What's you know? What? What? What song stands out in your head when we talk? When we? When you talk about the number sixty-nine? Well, where do we even begin? Um, <laughs> I suppose. Obviously, we must be. Talking we don't want about any Marvin. We're not talking about any Marvin Gaye type stuff here, by the way. Exactly. Um, although, it can be done by Marvin straight people as well. Um, of course. I. I think it's probably going to be the summer of sixty-nine. You've got it. In 2012, we did our first recordings. We only did nine. Started again in 2017. Now we're on episode 69. Me and Fisher from school bought some mics and a mixing board. Jimbo had a kid, Fisher got married. Eight years on, and our listeners are bored. And some would say, our episodes they last forever and we're on video yeah we're even on live stream it's the waste of web space podcast and we're on episode 69 so there you go episode 69 um the cheeky number as we like to say so 69 then um we we (laughs) This is a kind of the number of... So they've stopped naming things 69, haven't they? Uh, and putting 69 on things because things get stolen when they're those numbers. Yes, due to the sheer hilariousness of the uh, of the number. <laughs> um, so I think if you're... Particularly as you go around some motorways, uh, particularly abroad, they tend to have details of kind of how many miles you've got to on that motorway, or kilometres rather. And when it gets to the market, it says 69. Instead, they put 68.9 instead just to make it less funny and therefore less likely to get stolen. Well, like- we, we were talking on the podcast a couple of weeks ago about uh, funny village names, how they used to get their signs stolen all the time. Yeah. Oh, do you need I to think- do any ad- advisory lyrics or anything before you say the next bit thing? Or No, there's a pl- I think there's a place in Austria isn't, that's called Effing. Well, if technically not- we should be able to say its name if that's the name of, its, if that's the, name of the town. Go on. Do you want to- I swore last time. You can swear this time if you want. The town in Austria, children, this is fine because it's the real name of the town. It's called... And maybe it's said differently. Fucking. That's the name of the town in Austria. That's all I'm saying. Yep. If you want to tone it down and maybe make it less rude, then you could just maybe call it 69 instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, their, their road sign got stolen that often that I think they sort of carved it on a massive stone to make sure no one would nick it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's the same if you live in one of these places called Twat or something like that or um, Shitterton or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, how's your week been? Oh, busy. Busy. Um... Well, actually, not that busy, to be fair. I mean, I've, I've, I've wanted to play golf, but I haven't really had a chance because it's been raining quite a lot. I've been still writing. Do you remember I was talking about um, writing match reports about cricket games that I've played previously? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've now covered uh, 110 games of cricket and written over 45,000 words, which is a fair old effort, I think. And I've done that every single day for oh, 57 days now, I think. Not getting bored yet? Um, I got bored after about day three, but I thought I'd carry on. <laughs> yeah, Joe, yeah, Joe Wicks. He's given up. He's, he's only doing oh, yeah. three days a week now, isn't he? Yeah, he I'm need, still going. He needs more time to himself. I'm sorry, he, he only did that one hour every morning. I mean, yeah, that's more than I do in terms of exercise, but still. Yeah. 
it's not going to keep him. It's not going to keep him fit, is it? If he's, I mean, what's he doing? Is he is he taking a break? Is he, he's only doing three days a week, is it, or two days a week now? What's he doing on the other days? Is he is he doing somebody else's fitness videos? That's not having a rest, is it? But I just think he's learning how to dance without Imabusi instead, and, and all that sort of stuff. Possibly. Everyone's just got bored of that kind of thing, haven't they? Maybe I'm still going strong. Maybe Joe Wicks just had no time to listen to the Waste of Web Space podcast, so he thought maybe he's, he's cleared some time in his diary for that now. It's, I think that must be the case. Sh- should we but, get, it, get him on the podcast? Uh, I think we could try. Might be, it might be a decent idea. But what I've been doing in, as well as this, I've been trying to raise a bit of money. Yes. Um, for our, um, our cricket club. We've got a crowdfunding thing that we're busy trying to trying to promote and we're trying to get funding in for this we've only got a day or two left on it so if you could donate anything to us it would be greatly appreciated uh, the link for it is www.spacehive.com slash thg cricket and so we've got over a thousand pounds donated big thanks to anyone who's donated so far if you think i'm doing such a sterling job in writing to these match reports that you've not even read then feel free to donate well we can put we'll we'll put the link in the uh, below the video as well um we'll we'll do that big shout out to anybody who is tuning live today um the main reason we do it live is just cuz it's a lot easier so i don't have to do as much after but anyway if you are listening live that's great and we would like to hear that you're there if you tell us you're there we'll we'll give you a shout out and everything and you can go head to head against me and fisher when we do our little quizzes that we do as we go through um, the episode anyway. Are we doing drinks or apologies first? I don't know. I, I could have asked you. Have you been up to anything anyway? Oh, right. Uh, yeah, well, it was Father's Day, weren't it? But I know we recorded after Father's Day, but I did realise I'd forgot to um, bring my, my my show you my Father's Day card. Do you want me to go and get it now? Uh, yeah, go and, go and get it. Sorry, I've not got it to hand. In fact, as I stand up, you might notice something that I'm oh, going to have to be apologising for shortly. Um, go, and get the, go and get the drink, and I will talk to the listeners through what I've just seen. Now, I can't help but notice that on the last episode, for show and tell, Jimbo had a chair that was white or cream-coloured, and now he's got a chair that's red or pink or orange. What's happened, Jimbo? Go on, tell me. I didn't have my headphones on. Your chair appears to have changed colour, and in fact, possibly not just changed colour, but changed chairs. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, apology of the week goes to my uh, Auntie Brenda's cream chair. Um, you still, you still there for shit? It goes there to... Uh, aunt- Sorry, it's because I'm watching an old version of you talking anyway. That's confusing. But my Auntie Brenda's uh, old chair, okay? Um, so, she... she um, Gave me the, well, didn't give me the chair. She, she, I, I inherited her chair because or her old chair, the cream chair from last week, because she's no longer with us, and it featured in my show and tell item. So as soon as I'd done that, I got my mum saying, "Oh, somebody else wants that chair." Bearing in mind, I paid for the chair, saying somebody else really wanted that chair. So you I f- inherited it. Well, I know, I paid for it. You know, I wanted to give some money towards the family, and the you know the. You bought it then. Yeah, so I bought it, but you know, it wasn't a good price. Um. So, yeah, I, I was happy with it, perfectly. And, and also, getting it up these stairs weren't easy. So my mum kept nagging me. Oh, the, the, you know, but this other chair that I can get you, it's really impressive. It's like a Ferrari seat. I'm like, you know, it's fine, honestly, you know. Kind of the cream kind of went with the house. And uh, and and also, you know, I just didn't want to get it up and down the stairs. I couldn't be bothered. But I kept getting nagged and nagged and nagged and nagged and nagged and nagged, and nagged as mothers do. And... Uh, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> And yeah, so I ended up just going. I love, I love whatever blooming chair it is. So, so now that chair, I have to apologise to because it thought it had a permanent spot here on the podcast. It could have been, you know, it would have been the famous chair, wouldn't it? You know, like the mastermind chair. It could have been the next big thing like that. But now it's going to be this one. So 
which I do like. It's fine. It goes with my uh, my outfit when I'm doing my other job, which is the greatest PowerPoint showman, which is for my yep. uh, my business that I do. Um, so that's quite good. But anyway, that's my apology. You're uh, not going to plug the fact that uh, you're not going to mention the fact that you tried to advertise your business um, last week on Facebook. You're doing some kind of um, presentation thing. Well, you might want to de- describe it slightly better than I am, but you're doing a presentation for professional people to follow, and you tried to advertise it on Facebook. But unfortunately, you advertised it just to one person. And that was to me, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and 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 another, yeah. another thing I did once for that business, which you'll find quite funny, and I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but one of my things as part of my training is that I advise people where to find royalty-free stock to use in their presentations. So which websites you can use to find like images and things like that that you can use for free, um, you know, without having to pay royalties or anything like that. So I once gave a web in a, in a class. I once gave a, a website out that was completely. The the wrong address because I was trying to give an address for freepix.com but I, I, I spelt it wrong and it took them to a completely different website which I <laughs> definitely don't recommend of using for images in your PowerPoint presentations. So anyway uh, I'm uh, guessing images of something else. Exactly. Um, anyway next I want to just show off my Father's Day card from my daughter uh, here it is. So can you see that for sure right? Uh, it's got a stick, a stick man, and stick. Well, presumably stick, a smaller person. So presumably stick man and child. Yep. It says thank you for using me as a climbing frame. Oh, so there that you go. Nice. That's from that's from Ada, who obviously uh, regularly features in our podcast. Are you ready? Go on then. Let's listen to her. Dumbbell and Fisher, do a space podcast. Thank you. There you go. Oh. Nice uh, and polite. It says thank you at the end of it. Oh, of course, yeah. You know, got to, got to bring her up properly and all that. So, yeah, there we go. So that was the apology of the week. Uh, are we moving on to drinks? Uh, yeah, let's move on to drinks. What okay. have you got? So I have got, um, because we've been doing nights recently rather than Sundays, just because of time and stuff like that, I have got um, I've got this. It's called Night Shift. But I think it's also quite good because if you look at it, it's got like someone wearing a mask on it. So it's like a, co- uh, a COVID drink. Yeah, is that so, it looks like some kind of World War Two. Gas mask, doesn't it? Yeah. So there you um, go. It's strong. It's six point five percent of black IPA. So mm. it's going to be an interesting one. And it's uh, just to let you know where it's from. It's from uh, where Bridge. is it from? I should have told you this before. Is it another? I don't know. I'll come. You come back to me when you've told me what you're having. <laughs> okay, I'm having some Winchwood Hobgoblin. Uh, it's a traditional ruby beer. Um, it's brewed with roasted malts. And well-balanced for a rich, smooth taste, full of mischievous character. A bit like the person about to drink it. Um, sorry, that's just me trying to advertise myself. Uh, it says it says multi-pack, not to be sold separately, which is fine, because I bought four of them. Um, it's traditionally craft brew with chocolate and crystal malts. Um, yeah, should be okay. It's Winchwood Brewery, which is um, part of Marston's, who are based in Whitney, Oxfordshire. Do you know who used to be MP for Whitney? Oh, I do, but I forgot. Oh, well, never mind. So, uh, we'll, reveal, we'll reveal next week. David Cameron used to oh, be MP for Whitney. That's it. All those years ago. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's what I've got. So, whereabouts is yours brewed? Scotland. And when it says black IPA, it is actually black. Okay. I don't know if you've not opened it yet. Or have you opened it? Because, um, because I've opened it and, and I've seen it's black. It looks like the same coloured Coca-Cola or something inside. So, okay. there you go. So, what's it? Let's get these poured then. Black drinks matter too, of course. Yep. You know, anyway. Uh, so, moving on then. Okay, so, 
Um, on to our next little thing then. Uh, it's your show and telling it, Fisher. So what's going on? Uh, it is. Although I've not quite poured my drink yet. So um, cheers, Jimbo. This is this is ruby coloured as opposed to black. Is it? Have you not got a glass to put it in so we can just have a look at the actual colour of it or you just drink it out of the can? got a glass, but it's out of something else in it, so I'll just pour it just to demonstrate for you. So that's that? a bit stout coloured then. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, it's, it's not, it's an IPA. Okay, I'm not going to drink out of that because that's had like orange juice in it, so that'd be really weird. Okay. Uh, so it's time for a mystery item. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the show and tell. Um, well, it's part, partly what I'm wearing. Uh, can you see what I'm wearing there? Do you see what it says? The Dubliners. The Dubliners. And so you is... just, you, you, your number six has fell off it and you've replaced it with uh, a zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost. I could have doctored this to get it to, to be branded for the episode, couldn't exactly, I? Exactly, yeah. Uh, so this is a one stag do back in 2009. I went to Dublin, funnily enough. And uh, this is a bit of headwear, um, more commonly associated with, uh, I'm not sure if you can see that, funnily enough, a similar colour to the drink that you're having. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a Guinness hat. So my theme really is Ireland. Is the question going to be, which night of the year did I wear this outfit? Um, it is not going to be that. <laughs> Uh, you know, the question is, how bitterly disappointed was I when it turned out that St. Patrick's Day was cancelled? Um, or the, the question could be, how annoyed was I when, if you have a look at the underside of any can of Guinness, it always seems to be a case that they'd go out of date before St. Patrick's Day. I mean, if you've got any left over, you have to buy some more ready for the next St. Patrick's Day. Let me just put in a second. Um, my, yep. mom, my mother's just got in touch saying, uh, have you mentioned your new chair? Rewind. Oh, right. <laughs> Rewind, mother. And uh, yeah, and, and yeah. Maybe I should have been careful about what I said earlier. Never mind. Go on then, Fisher. Oh, well, right. So, um, uh, obviously, there's, there's a bit of an Irish theme to this. So, what is my connection with Ireland? Is it that I was confused with being Irish at university after my student card referred to me as Christ O. Fisher? <laughs> I had to ask for the card to be reissued. <laughs> or is it that when I go on holiday, I often walk around other people's hotels and put on an Irish accent. <laughs> well, we, I do know, I do know, like you like doing accents. So, okay, now and I know that it's not the first time that you've had issues with ID cards then, um, and saying a different name on it. What, what, what was it that your train rail card said on it for quite a while? Oh well, my my rail card uh, it said Mister Fisher, and but if you can write Fisher in block capitals with the F and the I next to each other, it looks like an I. <laughs> I mean, obviously, uh, Clint Eastwood would obviously be uh, well aware of this particular problem. But um, it says F and I next to each other looks like an A. So I often got called Mr. Asher, <laughs> which obviously is also a potential surname that I could have. Uh, but one one week, they printed it up and just put one week. It said like Mr. Ass Meta or something like that, which made no <laughs> sense. And then a few weeks later, it simply said the word Mr. Ass, which really annoyed me. <laughs> I've somewhere along the lines I've got a picture of this and I'll tweet it along with the episode um, just to confirm what we're talking about. You, is that yeah, sorted now? Happened. And obviously you're not using your, your rail thing anymore, but have you sorted the uh, the old Asher thing out? Um, yeah, I, I, whenever I get it issued, I make sure they actually put the correct name on there. Right, okay. Which is, I think, uh, I think a justified thing to do. All right. Uh, by the way, your hat makes it sometimes look like we're, we're on episode six, not episode 69 anymore. Because... Oh, right, <laughs> Oh, oh, that's why we're so amateur. Um, anyway, so go on then. Uh, tell me a bit more about the. So the first one then, you, 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 your, your name was spelt wrong on your. What was it? What on some on an ID on an ID university ID card? Yeah, student ID card. He <laughs> said Christo Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> how how could they've got that wrong? Uh, well, my my name is not Chris. It's Christopher. Yeah. 
Oh. Crunk- it was it was it was split <laughs> off after the first seven letters, and it got confused when I put the form in and sort of filled in what my name was, put in Christopher, and the inputter <laughs> kind of got it wrong and put Christ O oh, and then Fisher underneath it. Christopher was quite a long name, so that's the, that's the name that I ended up with on the card. And I looked at it and thought, well, that's not me. And it makes it sound like I'm Irish, so which which obviously there's nothing wrong with. But I, 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 I don't particularly like the name Christopher in general. It's my name, but um, for well, it's fair, fair to be called Fisher, particularly when we're podcasting. So we've, uh, but, so we've disrespected my mother and now your mother in the same episode. No, I've not disrespected her mother unless, at all. Unless, uh, it was, I, unless it was your dad that gave you your name. No, otherwise it would have called me Schweppes or something like that. Yeah, um, true. No, I, I'm just, Christopher's quite a long name. It's a bit sort of, um, a bit formal and all that sort of stuff. So I very, very rarely use it. Unless it's on some kind of official form. So obviously, passport, driver's license, university enrolment, all official certificates. I put my correct full name. Um, but on, on this particular card, I asked them to change to make sure I got the name Chris on there. Okay. Um, or at least not Christ. Oh. Did, so did you? So did you? Did did you not have that card for long then? Uh, I, I got rid of it after after a few days. Uh, obviously, on the first day of university, we got sort of other things to to think about and consider. But well, like free pizza, free pizza and beer and stuff yeah, like that. In, once my hangover finished after the sort of like eighth or ninth week, then I got it changed. <laughs> so the second one, then you used to pretend to go around being Irish around the university. Uh, no, no, this is when I, when we're on, when we're on holiday. Oh, on holiday. Hotels. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. So when you different, so, so you go to the different hotels pretending you're Irish. Uh, yeah. So when we go on holiday, obviously we stay at our hotel, but also when we have a bit of a wander around, um, just in the resort in general. You, you sometimes might see another hotel you quite like the look of, and obviously to some degree you've got one my, uh, one eye on where you might want to go in in the future. Okay. Um, so my wife quite likes to look in the hot in in other hotels. I'm not I'm not quite so keen. I myself, thought you, I so. thought you was going to say your wife is quite keen on the Irish accent and um, kind of a little thing you put on. Well, I can, I can confirm for certain that she's definitely not too keen on the Irish accent. Um, so <laughs> can you can you introduce when, yourself as Christ Fisher, please? <laughs> Welcome to the Waste at Web Space podcast, episode 69, starring Christo Fisher and Jimbo. <laughs> I um, think we need to change your name to that going forwards. Um, no, which is not happening <laughs> at all. Although I think we did toy, obviously, when we were doing the introduction on the podcast, we'd put various details of the history of the podcast in here on this particular episode. I think we did once decide that on St. Patrick's Day, I was going to attempt to do the entire podcast with an Irish accent, didn't we? But we yeah. didn't quite get round to doing it. I, I can see why you could keep it up, though. You've got, you've got, you know. I, I'd really, I'm not very good with accents. For me to keep on the same accent as well, but you, you tend to do pretty well. Do you remember the episode that we did where you tried to do different accents and it went terribly wrong, and you just kept getting all different accents? Oh, I was, I was appallingly bad at that. If anyone Un- wants to watch it, can't remember what episode number it was. But if anyone wants to go back um, and watch that, um, it was particularly enjoyable to listen to Fisher struggling and and slipping yeah. from Irish to Scottish to Liverpudlian to Geordie. Well, well, I was trying to really sort of split the accents down. I was trying to do a couple of different Scottish accents. I was trying to do sort of more of a Glasgow accent and more of a softer yeah. Edinburgh accent, all that sort of stuff. And oh, it just didn't work at all. Too um, difficult. Now, I, I know, I, you know, I, I think, you know, for, for Vicky to marry her is, is quite a big, you know, it's quite a big thing to have taken on, you know. Um, so whether she'd actually let you, you know, as well as that, as well as taking you on, as well as <laughs> allowing you to walk around hotels pretending to be Irish and embarrassing her in that way. I don't know if she'd allow that. Um so I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say that it was the first one. 
And I think, yeah, you had the wrong name printed on your ID card at university. You think I was referred to as Christo Fisher in my first few days at university? Yes. Well, Jimbo, you'd be wrong. Oh. When we go on holiday, I often walk around other people's hotels putting on an Irish accent. So, um, I've, I don't think, I think that's the first one of yours I've got wrong, isn't it? Uh, possibly, yeah. Oh, you, you know, I had a good record with this as well. So, never mind, never mind. All right, then. Uh, so, yeah, that was good, Fisher. Thank you for that. And uh, we'll do another Thank one you. again, uh, the same sort of time next week. Um, so, the Olympics. Okay. They've been cancelled, haven't they? They cancelled uh, a while they ago. They were meant to be in Japan. Uh, so, instead, I think they're going to be held next year, hopefully. Although, I think Japan's actually, in general, like quite a good... Um, have been one of the better countries in terms mm-hmm. of handling the coronavirus outbreak. Yeah. Which obviously, is good and well done to them. Uh, so, yeah, it was meant to be held next year. Oh, it's going to be held next year. One of our uh, sponsors has got in touch and said, we've got a, you know, a new idea for, you know, we don't want people to miss out on the Olympics. So they've got an idea. Are you ready for it? Go on then. Uh, well, here it is. I've lost it then, but here it is. Disappointed at the cancellation of the Summer Olympics, let us introduce... The COVID Olympics. Events with social distancing and health and hygiene regulations at heart. Relay races now include bat and sanitising stations. Who can sanitise their bat on the quickest? Before throwing, not passing it, to their opponent. Boxing and wrestling are now tantalising staring competitions. Who needs kicking, punching and pushing anyway? In the rowing, the eight-man rowing event now features a boat 40 metres long to ensure a safe two metre distance between the rowers. We've also replaced the shot put event with a how far can you sling an elasticated face mask? Or enjoy a new event, which features competitors trying to carry as many toilet rolls as possible around a 400 meter running track. We even have a winter event section where curling is now done in McDonald's at the end of each day when doing a full scale deep clean. The COVID Olympics, coming soon, near you. Yeah, my mum's not happy, but she never is, so... Yeah. Uh, anyway... <laughs> well, at least she's confirmed that she doesn't nag, which is, is very good of her. Oh, yeah, of course not. Um, so, anyway, what, uh, we're moving on. Um, now, I, I heard the other week, and this is this just give me an idea for a quiz, really, but I heard recently um, from some of my friends that uh, there'd been a big sort of uh, syndicate-type win on a lottery... Um, at some sort of company, I can't remember where, but some sort of company or business in Sheffield or something like that. And that just got me thinking like about maybe I could do a quiz about lottery winners. And it's something we all dream about, isn't it? You know, like, and I I don't get those people who always sort of speculate and go, oh, if I want lottery, I'd do this or I'd do that. Or do you play lottery? Nah. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't get that. I think, I think if you, you, you've got no right to, to, to sort of imagine and believe and to, say what you do if you don't actually play it um you've you know got, and it's actually be... it's for good cause as well a lot of the time the lottery isn't it so it's kind of you know yeah. like supporting local charities and various things like that as well you've got to be in it to win it as dale winton used to say yeah is that was that his program in it to win it well, when they used to have the national lottery and used to have like a quiz program beforehand yeah it was good that and they used yeah. to have uh, i mean that's not his catchphrase from uh bring on the wall is it that was different because you got to be um, got to be through it to win it <laughs> on that particular show, but that was a really good TV show, wasn't it? Hole in the wall. Hole no, in the wall. Terrible. I liked oh. it. I thought it was brilliant, especially when they had rude shaped ones come up that they had to try and fit through. 
I tell you what, episode six is be perfect for that, wasn't it? Why didn't we? Why didn't we think of this before? Anyway, yeah. so I've got a bit of a quiz about um, people who have won the lottery, or just a few lottery type things. There's not many. Uh, I think I've got like how many questions I've got in total? Maybe seven. Seven questions, but the first one's quite. There's quite a lot to the first one or two. Is that okay? So, are you ready then, Fisher? So, first of all, what are the odds of winning the lottery in the UK? The lottery, the UK lottery. And we're talking about, like, you know, the standard lottery, not not the Thunderball or, like, I don't know, Golden Balls or Hairy Balls or whatever balls that they play <laughs> nowadays. We're talking about, like, the actual normal lottery. Um, the original, okay? So the, there's Saturday and Wednesday nights. And I won a lucky dip the other day, by the way. And I, what else? Uh, before we move on to these questions, something, something I don't like about the lottery is that, when you play online, when you've won something, you get an, an, an email that comes up and the, the, the headline of the email is, we've got news about your ticket, nothing else. And you have to click on it in, in sheer like excitement, panic and whatever. And then you realize you've won like a lucky dip or, <laughs> or like you, you've won a tenner or something, which, you know, it's better than nothing, of course. But it does it, it kind of raises the heart rate a bit too much. Um, you could just tell you you've won a tenner, you know, in the subject heading. That's what I'll say perhaps, about the National Lottery. Perhaps it'd do that thing, though. It uh, just kind of says, you've won £10. Would you like to get the money or just buy five tickets for, or tickets for the next five weeks, reinvest that uh, winnings? But if you won like £15 million, then get your right to and say, do you want to just buy another <laughs> ticket for the next seven and a half million weeks, if that's okay? <laughs> do you want to just buy uh, yeah, more tickets for, for the rest of your life, or would you like to buy a striker for Newcastle United, or you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, anyway, so my first question is, what are the odds of winning the UK lottery? And again, we're talking about the Wednesday or the Saturday. Um, so A, it's one in 26 million. B, it's one in 35 million. Or C, it's one in 45 million. Uh, well, it's obviously going to be a lot. Because it doesn't get one. I don't. I don't know how many people win. Uh, how many people play it nowadays? Is it more of a? Is it more of an older person's thing? Is it the are the youth of today playing the lottery that much? Well, no. I think I, I, I think it's, I think it's made up by a lot of people in the workplace who play into in like syndicates and things like that. Yeah. I suppose. Um, I play I, it. Though. Sorry, go on. I say I play it because I couldn't dream about it and go on about what I'd do with all the money if oh, I didn't I play, play it. it. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't bother. So you never, you never say, oh, if I won lottery, you never say that then. Uh, yeah, well, I say if I won lottery, oh, so right. I'd, be, I'd be amazed because I don't even play it. <laughs> I'd, I'd be thinking there's something fundamentally flawed with this system because it's allocating <laughs> prizes out to people who haven't even entered into the competition. What's wrong with it? Well, um, wasn't that like uh, a lot of the game shows in the uh, early noughties uh, or the, the sort of early 2010s or something like that? That's think what was so, happening yeah. on those game shows, weren't it? Anton Deck were doing that. Uh, I think on one on on a few occasions, some of their winners were selected before the actual. Yeah. Pool allocation of people were allowed to uh, had entered i think when uh, richard and judy they got called for it a few times you you paid a pound to enter or whatever on you say we pay or whatever it was and i think they announced that they phoned the person back who'd won it at about quarter past five and yet they stopped taking um, people ringing and paying a pound at half past half past five or whatever so there was a period where you were entering with no chance of winning which obviously isn't particularly acceptable hmm. and, and blue peter's cat obviously was a big scandal around that time, wasn't it? What well, didn't viewers choose a certain name for the cat, and then the producers <laughs> just decided to call it something else instead? Yeah. But what? But what but did the view? Tri- what did the viewers call it? It wasn't like infiltrated and tried to call it like something rude or something. Yeah. Catty McCatface or something yeah. like that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm not too sure. Uh, but anyway, in terms of winning the lottery, I think you're. I think it's very unlikely. I think your odds are probably about one in forty-five million. I think the highest of a lot. Yep. One in 45 million, which brings me on nicely to our next questions then. So are you more likely 
Okay, is my question. All right, go here. To be struck by lightning or win the lottery in the UK? And again, um, we're talking about the standard lottery. And we're talking about a standard lightning bolt, bolt as well. <laughs> all right. None, none of these thunder lightning bolts or, or yeah. euro lightning bolts. We're talking about proper Saturday night, Wednesday night lightning bolts. We well, sometimes see sheet lightning. Sometimes you see good lightning as well. <laughs> um, uh, you, what's the nearest you've ever come to being sort of hit by lightning? The nearest I've ever come? Yeah. I mean, I was in the garden the other day trying to put away an umbrella that had been left out in the rain and, you know, the, the sort of parasol type things. I thought it was yeah. pretty close to getting struck by lightning then. Um, but I, no, I don't think I've... I, I wouldn't say I've ever come particularly close. Okay. I mean, you no, go I golfing, don't... so that's that's the prime location to get it by a bolt of lightning. I was actually golfing in a bit of a thunderstorm last Tuesday, uh, which is probably not the brightest thing I've ever done. But I remember when I was in Mexico on honeymoon a number of years ago, uh, well, nearly four years ago to the day, as it so happens, um, and there was, a, there was a huge thunderstorm and a massive thunder uh, and lightning bolt that it was kind of directly over where we were, and it was so loud that I very nearly went. I, it, it was amazing. Just at the same time that the lightning struck really near and really loud, a small child just went, ah, like that. Um, <laughs> so that's what Vicky was on about when she said it was an electrifying honeymoon. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but there we go. Anyway, so I think, how many people get it by lightning in the UK? So it's what, 70 million? Can, can more than two people get it by lightning in the UK per year? I think so. I think, I think you're more likely to get it by lightning. It's not the same person, though, because, of course, lightning doesn't strike twice. Hey. In the same place. There you go. I think you're more likely to get it by lightning. So you think you're more likely to get it by lightning than win the, the lottery? Yep. You would be... Correct, well done. Are oh, you meant to wear flip-flops? I know, but you can't really walk, you know, it's, they're not, it's not really thunder, thunderstorm attire, is it, flip-flops, unless you are running in from the pool if you are on something such as a holiday yeah. or a honeymoon or something like that, I suppose, in one of those countries that does have those sort of tropical storms. Anyway, next then, uh, get killed by shark, and we're talking about in the USA here, by the way, or win the UK lottery. Well, not many people get killed by sharks per year, I believe. I think they're actually, I think they've got a slightly worse reputation than they should have, which I think is probably due to the film Jaws, which has probably not done much marketing and publicity or reputational management for the shark community in general. So I think how many people live in America? About 250 million, 300 million, something like that. Maybe even 350 million. Do five people get killed by sharks per year? I, I don't think so. I think you're more likely to win the you're more likely to win the UK lottery. Well done. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, you are more likely to win the UK lottery than get, get eaten by a shark in the USA. Um, I think a shark attack might be less, might be more likely than than winning the lottery, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. But being killed by a shark, yeah. So, yeah, they got. But you talk about sharks and the reputations. I think it's probably improved now since the uh, old baby shark sort of thing. Point, like, you yeah, know, a lot, a lot of young that. kids like they love sharks now. You know, like yeah. I was petrified as a kid as sharks, but because I watched Jaws, all we had were Jaws, and and sharks were bad. But like, I, I'm a bit worried about Ada because all she's had is baby sharks. So if if she just like you know walking along and saw a shark one day, I'm obviously not talking about in Meadow Hall or something like that. I'm talking about you know on a holiday or something. Uh, you know, I'd be a bit worried about what her sort of idea of sharks is. <laughs> well, if it's a baby one, it'd be all right because it's only little, wouldn't it? But if yeah. It's... Maybe should maybe she likes Daddy Shark, shark though. And Daddy Shark. Yeah. Well, maybe when the, in the song they should have carried a bit more of a warning over the Mummy and Daddy Shark. Yeah, I think so. Something to to write to them about maybe. Next then. Uh, so what's more likely then, your plane going down or winning the lottery? Um, 
well, not many, not many planes crash. I mean, unfortunately, when it does, obviously, it's very, very catastrophic. I think wasn't there a year, a couple of years ago, when there were no notable um, plane crashes at all? Uh, very, and I think it was in the was it in the first year of Donald Trump's presidency? Um, and he oh, did he claim was, did he claim credit did he claim credit for that? The it's it's the best year, the best year in terms of the best year for aviation safety as I've been president. I think is what he said. Something <laughs> along those lines. Took credit for it as obviously takes credit for everything. Of course. So I think it's quite infrequent. So I think. Well, that said, not that many people actually fly, do they? Fly, flying's not something that absolutely everyone does um, in the world. But nonetheless, I think I think it's more likely that you would win the UK lottery. Really? Mm. Uh, yeah, you're more you're more likely. It's, it's you've got a one in five point four million chance of your plane going down, apparently, right. uh, which I think is quite a shocker. But I don't know. That's what it says anyway. Um, I crash as opposed to just land mm, yeah it just said going down but anyway yeah less likely to more likely to start to happen than win the lottery mm. so uh but there you go and on donald trump do you think he's going to claim the uh the 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 improved environment because nobody's flying or traveling and things going anywhere i think he'll claim that as well could do it's a good point yeah it's nothing to do with um, coronavirus which uh you know and all those deaths that he could have potentially prevented but the environment itself it's all down to donald trump he said it had sorted itself out did you, did you see um, tweeting the other day, Joe Biden, who is running against him as president? Uh, Shame it's not even an actual interview. race, isn't it? Uh, well, I think with two men in the 70s, if, if it was a running race, that would be quite quite good to watch. Yeah. Biden versus Trump. Trump Biden drinks a lot of Coca-Cola, so he gets stitched quite quickly. Yeah. And he's not particularly very... He doesn't look very fit, Trump, does he? It's a bit overweight. And um, But yeah, Joe Biden said uh, the amount of deaths we had in America from COVID has been 120 million. Uh, sorry, 120,000. And Trump got hold of that footage. He got it edited to the point where as soon as he said 120 million, bosh, edited down. And then he tweeted it saying, stupid Joe Biden thinks that there's been 120 million people who've died from COVID. Uh, mm. It's only 120,000. Only? I mean, come on. That's not nothing to brag about, is it? You've got the world's highest death total. Well, um, next. Are you ready? So we've done we've done the the one about the plane going down. What about finding a four leaf clover uh, or winning um, the UK lottery? What's most more likely? Are you sure it's not just shamrock? Four leaf <laughs> clover as opposed to uh, I've I don't Cry, know. People... Christ so fishy, you should know this one. But I never really know exactly what they mean or have much much details of it. I think it must be more common surely than finding a, a one in um, forty five million chance. I think finding the four leaf clover surely. Yeah. Um, but still, it's uh, one in one in ten thousand chance of finding a four leaf clover, apparently. Um, but anyway, I mean, you know, what's the point? <laughs> I mean, if yeah. they're worth money, then. But I, I don't. Yeah, what's the point anyway? Uh, next, oh, it's, got, it's got one more leaf than the other clover. That's <laughs> good, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'll just put that down over there then, shall I? What do you do with clovers anyway? I don't know. Do they make butter with it? I don't, don't think so. I think mm. obviously there's a brand of that, but don't know. Don't know what the point is of them. Uh, have uh, have identical quadruplets, 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 um, or win the lottery, UK lottery, quadruplets, uh, yeah, quads. Let's call them quads. Let's call them quads, Jimbo. Identical quads. Um, so it's like your your nephews times two. Yeah, yeah, but they're Just, not identical. Right. Okay. So aside, aside from the fact that they're not identical, not the right number, I think you're pretty much spot on there. <laughs> um, I think that uh, must be quite rare quads, surely. So, because an identical, so I think an identical twin, it's the same egg that gets split. 
And then in quads, those two eggs also split, or one egg will stay the same and one will split, and then the other egg that comes over that will split. So I think 45 million. How many kids are born each year in the UK? About about a million children born in the UK every year-ish, give or take a bit, do you think? You're not really giving much to steer on this. That's a bit. That's been. I, bit, I, bit I don't know. A bit but I think. I, I, th- I think this might be like your. You know. I don't think it's just you in the UK having this channel. I think it's you in general, wherever you are in the world. Yeah, well, you... I'm assuming it'll kind of. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming there's, there's the same genetic chance of having uh, quads in the UK as there are anywhere else. I'm just trying to think practically. Of our so I think. I think that you're more likely to have quads. You think I so? Think that might be some. I think that might be something nearer to being one in five or ten million ish. Yeah, you're correct. Uh, one in fifteen million chance of having oh. uh, identical quadru- quadruplets. There you go. Quads. Uh, quads. Finally, uh, killed by a vending machine or winning the lottery. Oh, I've seen this. I've seen that a lot of people. A lot of people do get killed by vending machines, don't they? Um, in, well, in countries obviously where you, vending machines are quite popular. But I think what they do is, uh, if the thing's not dropped properly, then you tend to like tilt the vending machine back. Tilt it back, tilt it back, tilt it back, and ooh, it lands on top of you and squashes you. And I think it does account for a surprisingly large amount of deaths. Um, so I don't, is, is this specifically in the UK or is it elsewhere? Uh, I think it's just around the in general. So what's the chance America, of you being killed probably, by it? I mean, they're, they're the kind of people who do that, aren't they? So I think I think you're probably more likely to be killed by a vending machine. I think maybe 10, 20 people a year get killed in America by that. So I think you maybe chances are maybe about one in 30 million, something like that. No, it's a bit higher than you think. Uh, 145 million to one to be generally killed by a vending machine. I think they are generally quite safe, but obviously people do get killed by vending machines occasionally. There you go. I, 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 don't, I don't particularly think it's a vending machine's fault that the person <laughs> dies. I mean, yeah, watch watch out for them. To... Watch out for them hiding round corners on a on a yeah. dark night yeah. with a mask. How are you killed by a vending machine? Well, I'll tell you what. The vending machine had been drink driving. It got into a car, drove irresponsibly, and knocked my uh, friend <laughs> over. And that's how the vending machine killed it. No. It's not the vending machine, cause it's the people who have the vending machine fall on top of them because they tip it on themselves. It, 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 you know, I was, I was walking along and the next thing, there's a vending machine up behind me. Um, before it had a gun, it just turned out to be a Snickers. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's all of those kind of things. Um, next then, um, wh- where are we here? Oh, oh, so yeah, first question then. Croatian man. So it's, it's, it's not your first question, but it's like, you know, the next part of, of the thing. So it's question, yeah. it's a technical question three. Um, next thing then, Croatian man, Frane, I think it's Frane or Fra, Fran Selak, won his local lottery in 2003, winning £600,000. But before that, he was already known for being very unlucky and lucky. How many times is he reported to have nearly died, but then survived? And this is before he won the lottery. So is it A, three, or B, seven? Uh, I don't know. I suppose some people have various dice. Do we know if he did anything particularly dangerous for a living? I'll go through them after, but they, they're not. it's not like, you know, oh, you know, I just managed to step out of the way of a car before it caught me. It's, yeah. it's you know, it's actual incidents. Kind of he got shot at by a member of the Mafia or something like yeah. that, yeah. Um, I think seven would be a lot. So I think probably, I think only three. 
seven times. And this is particularly amazing. I think I'd heard about this this person before I did the research because one of them in particular, I was expect when I was reading the reasons, because I knew that this lottery winner had also had an, some amazing things happen and survive them and so on. But I remember this story from when I was quite young. Um, but anyway, 1962, the train he was riding on derailed and plunged into an icy river. 17 people died, but Fran, Franny or Franny or Fran, 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 yeah, survived. Okay. In 1963, while on a plane, the back door was blown out and he got sucked out of the plane. Episode 69. Episode 69. <laughs> <laughs> um, 19 people died, not so funny, but he survived thanks to landing in a haystack. So, what you know, there's a pattern here emerging, all right? <laughs> a bus he... Did, did, did they name him the Needle afterwards? Uh, yeah. <laughs> when, they, when they rescued him. A bus he was, uh, yeah, because obviously falling out of a plane, he, he, found the hay, he, he found the haystack on it. <laughs> Very lucky. Um, so, 1966, a few years later, he was on a bus that, uh, that drove into a river. Four passengers died and he managed to swim to shore unharmed. This was a pattern going on here. I'd be I'd be questioning this guy and what's going on, okay? Like, is he the actual Grim Reaper? Like, you know. Next. Imagine if you got if you got on an air a mode of transport and end up sat next to him. No, I'm getting off. I'm, I am not <laughs> getting on sitting next to this man. I don't care whether it's Fran, Fran Francois. I'm getting off. I'm get, I'm going back into the port, into the airport, whatever. No, I'm not sitting next to you. 1978. While in his car, it caught fire, and moments before the en- and moments before the engine blew up, uh, Fran managed to cheat death and escape the vehicle. Uh, but everybody else in the nearest in the nearby vicinity was just killed. And, and no, no, that that didn't happen on that one. 1973. Due to malfunctioning fuel pump, the air vents of his car. I mean, you know, has he not learned his lesson from 1970 to to make sure his car's reliable? Events of his car started shooting fire, <laughs> uh, completely burning his hair. But otherwise, he was unharmed. I want to meet this guy. I mean, he might be dead now, you know. Yeah. Or he I'm might, or he might be 149. Um, Nineteen ninety. By a vending machine. Yeah. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-five. While walking round in Zagreb, uh, Fran got hit by a moving bus and escaped with only minor injuries. But the bus was completely destroyed, destroyed, and so was the bus driver. I'm joking, of course. Uh, 1996. This is his last one. A head-on collision with a bus. Again, what's he? Why is he not learning from his mistakes? He's been hit by a bus, and then he's drove into a bus. For the sound of it, a head-on collision with a bus in the Croatian mountains caused his car to plummet in a 90-meter deep gorge. So he's not had much luck with cars or or buses. Um, not before he was able to jump out of his car. He grabbed a tree branch as he watched his car crash and burn. <laughs> well, he was just stuck up a tree afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, mate. I bet it was a bloody money tree as well, weren't it? Yeah. He gave a... How many times did his car set on fire then? Three times that we're aware of his car's been set on fire ultimately? <laughs> There's like some sort of insurance scam going off here, isn't there? But he, yeah. he, you know, and then he won the lottery in 2003. You think... It was probably, think... it was probably on a bus. The bus crashed into his car, his own car. Uh, the bus set on fire. The person next to him who died, it was probably their lottery ticket. Took out of their pocket. And, <laughs> and Do you think his, his wife had taken out some life insurance on him and has been continuing to try and bump him off for a number of years and get the payout, but just failed every time? Possibly. But anyway, we need to find out more about this guy. Sounds amazing. Anyway, next. Uh, number four. What happened to Carl Atwood shortly after winning the $57,000 in an Indiana TV game show lottery? My phone's corrected it to Gandhi's lottery. All right. <laughs> Not sure if Gandhi um, played the lottery. Did he, uh, 
it's presuming multiple choice, but did he did he die straight away? Well, was there a TV contestant who literally won something and then collapsed? Your answer, your possible answers are: um, A, he was hit by a pickup truck two hours later on his way to the grocery store to claim he'd won a few uh, to claim he'd won, and a few hours later died in hospital. Uh, B, he was already on the run from the police for various crimes, and when he went to claim his prize, the police were alerted, and he was arrested and eventually given a 12-year prison sentence for the crimes he committed and avoided mm. justice. I, ah, no, well, I, I do recall someone who died sort of straight away, but I think I also recall someone who was stupid enough to go and collect the lottery winnings under his real name, was wanted by the police, and put in prison as a result of it. So I'm going to say the second one. Should have gone with your first instinct, Fisher. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was sadly, yeah. Like, I mean, that how devastating is that? I mean, obviously, he wouldn't. You know, he's dead, so you know, it's not like he's going to be. Damn it, you know what I mean? But it's a bit of a shame for him, isn't it? They couldn't enjoy that. But uh, yeah, so he he uh, he he got killed by a pickup truck and uh, just on his way to go and collect his winnings. Well, not collect them, but go and claim his prize because you don't think you can get that much money from a grocery store, can you? corner shop yeah, yeah and, I've, I've, and i've tried pl- seven thousand dollars just in the back i'll get it for you don't worry about it. and i've tried plenty of times to get that much money out of him you know <laughs> i'm joking um that's the bank anyway number five in 1995 uh what happened to 18 year old kevin hatcher from kent a he was supposed to be investing 50p into a lottery syndicate he was involved in uh, but he also wanted to have a beer with with his friend which would have cost the same amount 50p at the time um all he had uh, left was obviously a, a tiny amount of money, uh, so he ended up opting to go for the beer, and then the syndicate won, meaning his friend who replaced him in the syndicate ended up winning his share of the money, which was £900,000. Or B, he won the lottery and claimed the prize, but it was discovered that he'd already stolen the lottery ticket from an elderly neighbour in a recent burglary. He was caught out and the elderly neighbour was given their prize money, with, with Kevin Hatcher being convicted of burglary and ordered to pay damages to the elderly now millionaire. Most inconsequential damages ever. Yeah. Uh, I I think I do recall about somebody who dropped out of a syndicate who should have paid 50p but didn't and was booted out of it. Um, I've certainly heard of someone who's bought lottery tickets using stolen details and been made to forego them. I I think he might have opted to buy a pint instead of getting involved in the lottery and lost out on the prize. My iPad's very sticky today. It's not not having it. There we go. Uh, yeah. Episode so. 69. <laughs> Next then, uh, number six, John McGuinness uh, won 15 million on the lottery, but what did he do with it? A, he bought 14 million pounds worth of sci-fi memorabilia and spent the remaining 1 million pounds on a very large state-of-the-art shed. Or B, he gave 4 million to his local football team, Livingston, who ended up going bust, leaving him 2 million pounds in debt um, just a few years later. What was his name, sorry? John McGuinness, friend of someone... friend of uh, Christo Paddy. Fisher, yeah, <laughs> and Paddy McGuinness. Hey, what about that then? Hey, um, I, oh, I I know there was someone who was involved in investing in the Scot- in Scottish football to the extent where I think he actually ended up owning the team and they named the training ground after him. I, I don't know if that was him or not. So I'm gonna say I think you might. Ma- of- you mentioned this earlier when we had this idea, didn't we? I think. So is this, is this why you put it in or uh, not? No, I, I don't, I, don't I, I just remember you saying that, but I don't know if this is the same thing or not. I'm going to say that it bought a lot of sci-fi material. No, 
You need to go if you've got instincts, Fisher. Um, he left four million to his local football team, uh, or gave four million to his fo- lo- local football team, Livingston. And yeah, they ended up going bust at the time, and then uh, that left him in debt because you know, obviously, it's quite a big chunk of money to give away, and he must have spent a lot of money on other things as well. Maybe wasn't expecting them to actually go bust and so on. Uh, number seven, what did Doncaster man? And this is your last one. Um, Doncaster man Howard Walmsley do. A, he won the lottery and gave half of it to a local dogs charity and the other to a homeless charity, claiming that the money had brought him nothing but bad luck and members of his family creeping out of the woodwork. B, he pretended he'd won 8.4 million on on the lottery, uh, convincing friends, family and his bank manager and car dealerships, which ended up loaning uh, loaning him three Jaguars. He was later found out and then jailed for fraud. Um, I do recall a fake lottery winner somewhere along the lines. I also recall that there'd been a story about someone who was on Instagram and was going to loads of these parties and was just kind of a complete and utter nobody, like on the on the party circuit and claimed there was some kind of millionaire, but turned out they were just a normal person who'd uh, just kind of blagging their way along through things. Um, but I think I think they might have bluffed it and claimed that they won the lottery when they hadn't and got bank loans and all that sort of stuff obtained off the back of it. Well done, you got yourself a right answer at the end there, yeah. So, yeah, Doncaster man, that man, he was, uh, yeah, he was basically uh, pretending to be a lottery winner and then getting lots of sort of things given to him and that he could probably say he paid for later and things like that. But, yeah, there you go. So that was just a little bit about the lottery. Um, but, you know, if we are speaking to our listeners, I suppose it's a case of, uh, you know, just letting us know if you, you know, anything. Like, if you want to feed back and let us know, let us know how you did in the quiz. Tell us if you got the right answer, same as Fisher. And all the view, you know, viewers and listeners, of course, please do get in touch and let us know. Enjoy that, Fisher. Oh, very good. Thank you, Jim. Well So we're going to go on to the uh, news now, aren't we? And uh, there's not been a great deal happen, has there, really? I mean, it's been a pretty quiet week, really. Um, good news is, Boris Johnson, he started to feel a bit better and he can do some press up. Yeah, why did he do that? Uh, I don't know. He did an interview with the Mail on Sunday and said, look, I'm feeling a bit fitter, I'm feeling fine, look, I'll do some press-ups for you. Do you think that uh, by Christmas, when he's maybe been booted out of his job, or, you know, because you know what the Tories are like, they all turn on each other, um, or or he's not, you know, he's, he's you know, maybe you think he'll be bringing out like a Chris, like a fitness DVD at Christmas or something? Maybe maybe because of the way he's acted, there's going to be a second peak and we're going to have to get locked down again, and he's priming himself to do fitness with Boris. Yeah. Um, now he knows that there's a couple of days a week spare because Joe Wicks isn't doing them anymore. Yeah, he'll be he'll be showing you his fitness moves, which God knows what they would be. I wonder um, if Donald Trump uses the footage and claims it's him doing it, because obviously from the uh, from the back and from what you can see, it, it could be Donald Trump doing the press ups. Could be. Can't help you notice you mentioned his name twice. He needs to play a trumpet twice, which you always do when I do it to disrupt my rhythm. But even, even then, despite the fact I've not mentioned it, you've still done other bits that I'm speaking on. It should be, <laughs> be disrupting yourself and not me. Well. I, it's because I'm t- I'm I'm in the in the thing, aren't I? Like you know, if you had the button as well, you could press it. Get yourself your Wait, own button. Give me the button, and <laughs> s- s- I will have it primed, ready. So I can press it. And, all right, might not play it for the speakers the same as you do, but I can play it as well. Fair but enough. There we go. So yeah, Boris has been sacked. Uh, I I can't play cricket still. Boris uh, has been sacked. Right did you say? Uh, so, oh yeah, sorry, he's not been sacked. Sorry, what? I was looking at the other thing about. What was going on? <laughs> So I'm look, looking at the other thing about uh, Rebecca Long Bailey. She's been sacked. Yeah, Labour. is it Bailey Long or uh, Long Bailey? Don't know. Who cares? Um, sorry, actually, that's slightly offensive to to her and her family. Uh, 
It's a bit Long of a... Bay. I think it's Long Bailey. They've had to sort of take a stance, haven't they? Because obviously, you know, there's there's obviously been a lot of issues in the in the Labour Party in the past. And obviously, Keir Starmer's trying to uh, make sure that there's not even a, a, a whiff of it anymore, isn't there? But I think... I mean, I think it's I think it's probably a little bit uh, short-sighted and, and a bit uncareful of Rebecca Bailey Long not to have really f- looked in detail at what she was sharing, maybe. But then there's also the case of, you know, because it, it sounds like it was criticism or the, the article was, was in sort of criticism of uh, the Israeli government, wasn't it? So there's talks about whether that was actually anti-Semitic or not. But yeah, there you go. Um, well, her name is, I've just checked her name is Rebecca Long Bailey, um, okay. by the way. So, point to me, go on, play it, play it, play it, play a correct symbol, go on, bang, there we go, point to me. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting that uh, the claim is that she just so happens to have retweeted an article praising the person who was commenting on the article. Uh, it's been acknowledged by both the person, Maxine Peake, who was, well, I think, wrote the article, was interviewed, and by the newspaper who was writing the article that the statement in there about the Israeli police force training or doing some kind of training, I think, for the American police force uh, in terms of the technique that was used to kill George Floyd uh, was untrue. Uh, Rebecca Long-Bailey doesn't appear to have sort of actually retracted that and apologised, but she just sort of says, actually, I was just doing, just doing my bit for a constituent, um, and a constituent of mine, a long-term Labour supporter, I was just praising and promoting some of her work. It just so happens to have been critical of... Um, the Israeli government, who happens to be probably the most prominent Jewish Jewish country in the entire world, um, and there's a particular uh, focus on anti-Semitism within the Labour Party, and particularly a certain faction of the Labour Party, it doesn't appear to have had much done about it. And Keir Starmer sort of straight away said, or presumably, I think he said, kind of retract it, get rid of it, delete it, apologise for it, and she didn't, so it's actor. Mm-hmm. And I would maybe say that if Jeremy Corbyn might have taken a similar sort of stance, a slightly more hardline approach, then maybe there won't be in a similar kind of mess around that particular issue that seems to be um, dragging on a lot longer than it really should do. Potentially, but I suppose I suppose they are. I mean, it's it's hard to say without knowing the detail and what what you know what it actually is. But I think that's that's the whole argument, isn't it? Like, there's the whole argument is that if they are criticizing a government, it's not it's not you know I I don't know enough about it, but. You know, the, the, there's a difference, isn't there, between the government, the, who, what they're criticising and who they're criticising or the actions are criticising and who they're criticising. There's a difference there, I suppose. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, all she also, messy. She also went on to um, make a lot of very, very unfair and disrespectful comments towards um, some of the major uh, concrete manufacturers in the world. And uh, there's been uh, accusations that she's anti-Semitic. All right, OK. Oh, very good. Yeah. Never mind, yeah. Went over my head, that one, Fisher. But it was very good. If, if I'd have been a bit quicker, I was just... It was, it was. This was my brain for a second. Oh, I got it now. I got it. There we go. That's what That's what was going on there, Fisher. Anyway, uh, is there anything else been happening in the news? Yeah, I can't play cricket. <laughs> um, go on, then. Well, not only can I not play cricket, I'm not allowed to play cricket. Uh, Boris Johnson described the cricket ball as being... A natural vector. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, and so, so Boris Johnson's described the cricket ball as a natural vector of disease. I thought it was, I thought that was just Boris Johnson. To be fair, um, but anyway, um, but yeah, so, so we, can, so football's okay, but cricket isn't. Is that, is that the general message? Is that what's, what's happening at the minute? Uh, recreational cricket isn't okay. England are back. England are going to be playing cricket against the West Indies in about a week and a bit's time. 
Okay. In a biosecure venue where people will kind of live and also play cricket. Uh, but if we want to play cricket, if we want to try and squeeze 15 people onto a, a circular pitch that's probably got a diameter of about 100 metres, then unfortunately it's not deemed that we can appropriately socially distance while we're doing it. You'd have thought that that would have been one of the first sports, you know, along with things like golf, I suppose, that would have been okay, but... You know what I mean? As far as I'm aware, I suppose other sports like football haven't been sort of, you know, sort of recreational football hasn't hasn't been agreed to start yet, I don't think. But yeah, you'd have thought cricket would have been one that they well, could it's have... A, it's, a, it's a non-contact sport, isn't it? Yeah. It still made me laugh. Back at the back at the very start of this, um, that rugby, they said, before before the game in the Six Nations, we're not going to shake hands. <laughs> I mean, you're fine, fine to get in the scrum with 15 other men where you put your head up one of their bottoms. It's not a problem. <laughs> do not shake hands before the game, whatever you do, because that will just, yeah, we're fine in the scrum. and like, Don't shake hands before, we'll be all right. Anyway, I think that's all we've got to cover for news today, isn't it? It's the shortest news section we've probably ever had. Pretty much, yeah. There we go. So let's, move, let's move on, let's move on. All right then, so, you know, we've uh, had a short news section, but don't worry, because Fisher's got the longest and boringest quiz ever coming up. I'm only joking, Fisher. What have you got? You've got you, we're doing something about uh, ministers, aren't we, uh, of of the, yeah. the sort of daily briefings? Yeah, well, I was a bit intrigued, because um, we mentioned Dominic Raab on the podcast last week, and obviously had Boris Johnson, well, for a while when Boris Johnson was in intensive care, Dominic Raab kind of took over running the country effectively, and he was kind of the most high-profile uh, member of the government and was kind of covering for Boris Johnson. Um, and obviously last week we mentioned about him not taking a knee and referring to his, his wife as the missus and all this sort of stuff. So I thought I'd maybe just try and find out a little bit more about some of these people that we might have seen doing government briefings and just try and shine a bit of a light on, on, on what they're like and sort of some of the little-known facts about them. So we'll start with Dominic Raab, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. So which one of these is true about Dominic Raab? Is it that he's got a black belt in karate or that he has a golf handicap of two? Is that good? I would, I, would, I, would, I would maybe add that a golf handicap of two is very good. All right, okay. Uh, so, do we know anything? Is Dominic Raab like um, what's what's his background? Um, is he a, is he a poli- is he a career politician? Is he, and that's what he's always been doing, and or has he kind of come from business backgrounds? Or I, I think he possibly worked for an investment bank years ago, but I might be confusing him with Rishi Sunak. I don't know for certain. Um, I think he's a former professional golfer who also spent time in the <laughs> Far East learning martial arts. All right, okay. <laughs> um, I will find out what Dominic Raab did before entering into Parliament. No doubt he has done something else. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, either, obviously perfectly possible, but I'm thinking that if he's from a kind of business background and, and a lot of people in business and so on, you know, part of, I'm in business, but I don't. I have no idea what I'm doing with a golf club. Um um, he he previously he, he worked as in a solicitor, he worked in Link Lighters, a, a London law firm, mm. but I think also kind of worked in the civil service and sort of worked his way up, kind of um, yeah, as the sort of special advisor type role, I believe, before uh, becoming a member of parliament himself. Let's let's go. I'm I'm going to go karate because I think a lot of people who have kind of you know gone up through politics and business and those kind of things. I reckon that a lot of them will have decent golf handicaps. Um, I mean, what's your handicap, Fisher? Uh, I currently play off 18, which is yeah, 
not amazingly good, but it's not it's not stupidly bad either. So what what does that mean then? You you go around the whole golf course and only drop 18, 18? Sort of, yeah. I mean, broadly speaking, I suppose it would mean that I would expect to go around in 18 shots over par. Or, or overall, and if there's like, not, how many holes is normally on a golf? 18 over? Eight, eight, uh, you, you're normally, on most golf courses, there are eight, well, on all golf courses, there are 18 holes, unless it's a nine-hole course, obviously. There's 18 holes on a golf course. More often than not, you would ex- be expected to go around that in 72 shots-ish, depending on exactly what the path of the course is. So it's that saying you go 18 over the 72? Yeah. So I would expect to probably go around in about 90 shots. Okay. So, um, so basic, gives... basically one extra shot on each hole. Yeah, effectively. Kind of, but you might have got less on some. And yeah, okay. Right, I'm going to go I'm gonna go karate, I think. Okay, and you would be correct. Well done. Um, I think it's not uncommon for politicians to be karate fans. I think William Hague was also a keen karate fan, is that right? Yeah, you do a good William Hague impression, don't you? Oh, well, I don't quite know what you're talking about, Jimbo. <laughs> do you think I do a fine impression of William Hague? Isn't it amazing that Dominic Raab is a black belt in karate? Well done. Dom- Man- Dominic, Ra- Dominic Raab is a black belt in karate, and let me tell you, I would very much like to give him the job. Uh, Fisher is, is, our, um, is from our department of comedy impressions, aren't you? Uh, I, I try my best, yes, Jimbo. Yeah. Um, so Dominic Raab... We were discussing this, that we haven't got any apologising to do for anyone we've made done an impression of in the past, have we? Uh, well, we were talking about um, sort of doing impressions of people and what's acceptable to do impressions of and what's not acceptable to do yeah. impressions of. Now, William, William Hague is very much a local lad and he's from South Yorkshire. Yeah. I think he's from Wathondern. Yeah. So I feel very much as though it is socially acceptable to, for me to do an impression of a fellow person from from South Yorkshire. Um, I think we're on, on solid ground there. Is that fair to say? Yeah. But, uh, but Dom, back, back to Dominic Raab. <laughs> um, how, how did he describe people who used food <laughs> banks in 2017? Did he say they are people who they are people who can still buy booze and fags, or did he say they are people with cash flow problems? People who could still buy booze and fags, or people with cash flow problems? You said. Yeah. So I, th- I th- think, think the implication there is either that they're not they're just not managing the money properly, or effectively, if it's booze and fags that. They could afford to buy food, but not for the fact that they waste it on mm-hmm. trees. I I, I, th- I think it was the first one. I think it's as bad as what he said, which is you know very very assuming that you know to say things like that is a bit unfair, isn't it? Especially you from be, someone like that. You would be wrong, Jimbo. I'm, um, I'm sorry, Sam. So it wasn't that bad then. It wasn't that bad. Although, to be fair, saying that I think he said there were just people with cash flow problems. I think the implication was if they manage their money a bit better, then you know, yeah, ju- just, so pe- just just people with cash flow. Obviously, they, they, they are people with with cash flow problems, but to say just people with cash flow problems is in well, I think in that's all. I think the problem is the, I think the more people with cash problems about cash flow problems yeah, in yeah. terms of they haven't they haven't got any in the first place, let yeah, alone yeah. sort of struggling to manage manage it to, or whatever. Um, seems to have sort of just ignored the fact that sort of the austerity of the mm-hmm. uh, Tory government has sort of plunged a lot of people into poverty in this country. There we go. Uh, so what, what group of people did Dominic Raab describe as displaying, displaying obnoxious bigotry in 2011? Uh, did he refer to feminists as displaying obnoxious bigotry? Or was it the young of today? What that mean you? Uh, no, I said the young of today, not the oh. people who used to be young of today. Okay. Um, let's go with, I think it might be the the... Second one, the young of today. 
You'd be wrong, it was feminist. I'm going back to my old ways here, Fisher, after a good couple of weeks of uh, doing well on your quizzes. Wow. In April 2018, what was revealed about the person in charge of his diary? What was she doing in her spare time? So I think government ministers have something called a diary secretary just to make sure that they know where all their appointments are and all that sort of stuff. So what was his I've diary got one secretary? of them. It's called uh, Microsoft Outlook. Yeah, the calendar function on there. Yeah. You get it through to your phone and everything. Yeah. Uh, so did they appear on a website advertising herself to sugar daddies? She wanted to earn around £5,000 a month. Or was she working as a stand-up comedian playing open mic nights in on London's comedy circuit? She played a character who claimed to be the diary secretary to a government minister. <laughs> However, it turned out that that's basically just who she was. <laughs> I, 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 seem, I, I, I think I've heard this one, and I think it's the first one, but then the second one sounds quite appealing to go for. I mean, obviously the first one sounds appealing to go for. Hey. Uh, episode 69. <laughs> uh, let's go with the first one. That she advertised herself to sugar daddies. You'll be correct. Well done. Uh, yeah, it was revealed in the Daily Mirror. Uh, she was subject to a bit of an undercover sting. Um, someone paid £750 for a night in uh, in their company. Uh, and the Daily Mirror refused to name her just to protect her identity. Because I, I think ultimately she's not actually doing anything legal or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then pretty much every other newspaper has decided to name her anyway. So it, uh, it kind of came out what her name was. Uh, she said, I, I only have two rules. Rule number one is that everything is protected. Uh, apparently she took 750 quid from this Daily Mirror journalist to fulfil the evening's company and subsequent entertainment. Rule number one is that everything is protected. Rule number two is that only one area is used out of the two areas that can be used. Okay. So, so you can read between the lines as to what happens. <laughs> Episode 69. Um, yes. She was specifically appealing to um, gentlemen who basically would uh, effectively give her money, I think. For, right, okay. For an evening's company, by the sounds of it. Uh, I think she was subsequently suspended from a role as diary secretary because I think it was... Um, suggested that she might become a bit of a target for mm-hmm. yeah. you know, Russian um, criminals or whatever might try and target her and get information from her and all this sort of stuff. So I don't quite know how it ended up in, in the... How it, how it all finished in the end, but never mind. So Dominic Raab was part of a Facebook group that did what? Uh, note, he claimed that he wasn't sure how he was a member. Was he part of a Facebook group called the UK Nationalism Party, which promoted a return of the 11-plus exam and of national service? Or was he part of a Facebook group called the British ultra-liberal youth who advocated that the NHS should be privatised. Oh, I mean, I've, 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 I think with this quiz, it's just, it's, I, I couldn't, it's, it's very hard to tell which, which one it could be. There's no... Well, that's the point, to be fair. But yeah. yeah. I think the others I've been able to kind of make educated guesses, but I think any of those could be real. Let's go then. Uh, let's go with this privatisation of the NHS one, because we, you know, we all know the, uh, the dark secrets of the, of, uh, the Tory party. Well, well yes, of course you are. You are, of course, correct. Just saying. He, uh, he, he just didn't quite know how he was a member of that group. But, uh, <laughs> right, okay. We've, we've, we've got another similar one coming up in a bit as well on, uh, on that subject. Uh, so which government minister was born with the name Graham Logan? Was it Michael Gove or Grant Shapps? Why would you change your name to Grant Shapps? Why would you change your name to Michael Gove? <laughs> what, was this, what was the first one, sorry? Really, the really bad thing, if you change your name to Michael Gove, is that people might think you're Michael Gove. <laughs> That's why I would recommend not doing it. Um, if the, the answer's Michael first... Gove, we've got to do the Michael Gove clap as well, haven't we? Of course, yeah. So let's just go yeah. Michael Gove so we've got the opportunity to do that. So Graham Logan yeah. changed his name to Michael Gove. 
Is that correct? Yes, correct. Well done. Well done. Well, oh. There we go. Very unusual man, isn't he? Uh, he is. Apparently, he was adopted at quite a young age, and his adopted parents changed his name uh, from his birth name of Graham Logan to, to Michael Gove. Um, in October 2016, Michael Gove and his wife went out to a late-night party to celebrate the end of the Cheltenham Literary Festival. Where was his 12-year-old son? Was he in the hotel room? He'd been left there for about six hours, or he was entertaining the guests at the party with his tap-dancing routine. So who's this again, sorry, did you say? Michael Gove's 12-year-old yeah. son. Okay. Um, was he left dancing. in a hotel room alone, or was he sent out to, a, to entertain the guests with a tap-dancing routine? Mm. Um, let's say he was... I'm going to go with a tap dancing, I think. Tap dancing? Was he, was he doing that in the sink? Wait, wait, thank you very much. He wasn't. He was left in the hotel room on his own. Oh, right, okay. It was a it was a bit of a controversy at the time. Um, some people said that he shouldn't have left him alone. Michael Gove came out and said, well, at the end of the day, at least didn't leave him in a pub like Gary Cameron did. <laughs> um, did he actually uh, say that? He, he didn't say that. I think he <laughs> said that he was perfectly fine. He's a sensible, mature young boy. And if he'd got any problems, then he could have just rung me and my wife and we would have come running from where we were and sorted him out. And of course, he had the special special channels on the uh, hotel cha- uh, hotel telly as well, you know, at that age. No doubt. I'm, I'm sure he managed to get that sorted for him. Episode 69. Um, actually, no, he's only 12, so that's not, um, let's not think about that sort of stuff at that age. Yeah, well, at that age, um, you're, getting, uh, you're getting interested in stuff, aren't you? Probably. All right, Let's move on, let's move on. Um, I'm just saying, you know, teenagers. Well, not quite a teenager, anyway. Fair enough. So, who is Grant Shapps' cousin? Do you know Grant Shapps, Transport Secretary? Uh, I do, yeah. Um, who is, I think who I once saw him being interviewed in Sheffield, actually, on the platform. Could have done. Mm. Not too sure. I mean, they wanted him to yeah. interview him on the train, but he couldn't get on the train. <laughs> um, but anyway. Uh, so, uh, who's his cousin? Who, who is his cousin? Is it the former guitarist from the punk band The Clash, Mick Jones? Or is it the former Turner Prize winning artist and cross-dresser, Grayson Perry? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> quite, you know, you, you must have picked one out there to make one up. So, unless there's a, a tie back to both of them in some way. So, I'm going to go with no, the... I just, I just kind of thought, to, well, I thought one of one random person. Who was the, one, who was the, the second one again? Answer. The second one is former Turner Prize winning artist and cross-dresser Grayson Perry. Not sure if you know who they are. Um, no, I don't think I don't think you did either. Be, I don't think you did before this quiz either. So, I think I think it's that one. Uh, you would be incorrect. Oh. Uh, and and I'm a I'm a reasonable fan of Grayson Perry's work. Quite a they've appeared on Vigot News for you a few times. Is that well, where I you did. get your clothes from? Uh, well, I got this from a stag do. I will oh, right, okay. think you'll find. Uh, so what did Grant Shapps do under a false name in his early days as an MP? Was he presenting a podcast about gardening and wrote in a magazine under the fake name Mark Flowers? Or was he working as a web marketing expert and he claimed his name was Michael Green? So I think it's the second one because I've, I've, I've heard about this recently and it might have been something to do with like, you know, where the, you know, the stuff to do with like spinning things during election campaigns and stuff like that. I, I don't know if it was, there might have been something linked to things like that, possibly. So I think it's the second one. So he was working as a web marketing expert, claim, claiming his name was Michael Green. Yeah. Yes, you would be correct. Well done. 
because it was alleged that he was still doing stuff like that, possibly while he was working as an MP as well, and it was a bit dodgy. Yeah, I think it was claimed there was a bit of an overlap, which you should be declaring, yeah, well, you should be, if you're working as a member of parliament, you should be maybe serving the people who elect you, as opposed to going off and doing something else kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, there was that kind of, it was it was alleged that um, he was claiming to working working under a false name and walking around sort of doing some of these marketing things and attending events. Uh, this this was further fueled by the fact that there were various photos of him shared where he got a name badge on that was the name Michael Green and not Grant Shapps. Yeah. So probably added a bit of fuel to the fire, really. Mm. So we've only got two questions left about uh, Matt Hancock. Can I just, can I just butt in that my, my, my mother rec- recommended that we should swap microphones so that, you, that it matches with the chair. Oh, right, okay. I saw that earlier on. Um, now, that's not very good, is it, in, in times of COVID-19? Yeah. You know, look, look how I, I, close proximity we get to these microphones. Do you want me to get ill? Do you want me to get I, the family ill? I've definitely been I've been breathing on this microphone. You can probably hear it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what... We only have to swap the tops as well, because uh, these aren't actually, you know, these just come off these things. But anyway... Good point, actually, yeah. Um, and but with how long it actually took the microphone cover it's on, not worth it. Is it? I, I'm not. I'm not going to change it again. No, I'm sticking with the red. I'd rather just get a red chair. <laughs> probably, it's probably more hygienic just to swap chairs. To be fair. Oh, and so actually, you know what? I know someone who'll, who will have that red chair off you, James, and I yeah. can get you a different one. <laughs> anyway, uh, there we go. So anyway, uh, last two questions are about Matt Hancock, all right, uh, the health secretary. So, what did he accidentally retweet on National Poetry Day in 2014? Ed Balls. <laughs> it wasn't Ed Balls, no. <laughs> um, was it a poem which described the Labour Party as being full of queers? Oh, right. Accidental, or, was it, did you say? Accidental. I, uh, I accidentally slipped and put my finger on the retweet button, and that's how I retweet. Right, okay. Was along those lines. Or was it a poem that described the EU as being a bunch of Nazis? Um, yeah, I don't know what side he was on. I don't know what side he was on in the uh, in the Brexit thing. Um, I'm guessing uh, if it, I'm, if it turned out to be the second one, I'm guessing I, I you know I can probably get, maybe guess what side he was on. Uh, I, th- I think I would imagine Matt Hancock will claim to be everyone's best mate, wouldn't he? Mm. As, in which case, I don't think he wants to upset anyone. So um, apart from the Labour Party, so I'm going to go with the, the one about the Labour Party. And you'll be correct. Well done. Yeah, he claimed that he retweeted it by accident. Um, probably negated by the fact. I think when you press retweet, it normally comes up saying something along the lines of, do you want to retweet or retweet with comment? And he just obviously clicks retweet without... Uh, to be fair, I think he probably didn't read it, um, as opposed to actually deliberately trying to make that suggestion. Because um, I'm sure he's not actually a particularly malicious person, but at the same time, he does strike me as being a bit dim and the kind of person yeah. who would actually, actually do that, yeah, without checking the, things properly. Bearing in mind, he, went, he gave a news conference where he talks about using the Track and Trace app and gave some kind of confused message saying, <laughs> don't go out unless you live on the Isle of Wight. <laughs> you can go out, but make sure you use the app if you're out. Yeah. And they didn't have a clue what he was talking about, but never mind. So, and also, as we've mentioned previously, we referred to Marcus Rashford as Daniel Rashford. So, final question. What did Matt Hancock do for charity in August 2012? Did he learn how to be a jockey and won a charity horse race? Or did he perform in a non-televised MP's version of Strictly Come Dancing where he managed to win, beating Yvette Cooper into second place? So Yvette Cooper's been on Strictly, hasn't she? Has she? No. no. Hmm. No. Don't know where I've got Ed that Balls from. Has, she's married to. Ed Balls has. Right, okay. I'm going to go. I, 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 a non-televised version? 
Well, I, th- I think it's one of these charity versions where you get to a charity dinner and that's the entertainment and people get to vote for mm. it as opposed to... It wasn't sort of a full um, sort of 10 or 12 week affair where you got to sort of sleep with your celebrity partner and all that sort of stuff. Uh, just a, I think a one night um, dance well, competition. Well, they had, uh, they had Dominic Robb's uh, diary um, keeper or whatever <laughs> for all that anyway. Uh, let's go with, uh, I, I think it, I kind of want to say the first one, it, it looks a bit like it could be a joke. Is he tall, Matt Hancock, and uh, what's his height? I don't know. I don't think he's, I don't think he's particularly tall. A lot of politicians do tend to be quite mm. tall in, in general, don't they? And his, bro- I, I have, his brother... I have actually met William Hague, all and right. he's quite tall. Well, his brother Nick likes sport, doesn't he? Uh, he does, he did, yes. Because he used to like, uh, uh, used to be on, of course, it's not the same Hancock, is it? Uh, let's, let's go with the first one that he... Trained to be a jockey, I think I'm sorry, I might have got that wrong. That go on. Trained to be a jockey and wear a charity horse race. Yeah, you'd be correct. Well, oh, all right. <laughs> Loose symbol there. Yeah. I was I was intrigued really because he's the MP for Newmarket, Matt Hancock, and he was. I, I think I mentioned on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I didn't have it. He tweeted to say that thanks to everyone's efforts, horse racing will be back. Ah, yes, I remember you saying that. Yeah. But yeah, so he's the MP for Newmarket, which is famous for its race course. I think it's quite a popular attraction in Newmarket. So whether or not he's um, just trying to promote his local constituents as well as various other things and trying to get the race course open, I don't know. Um, read into that what you will. Mm-hmm. Whether, he get, whether he gets any support and funding from people who are involved in the horse racing industry, I couldn't possibly speculate. Thank you for that, Fisher. Uh, Thank you very much. Enjoy that, Jimbo. I really enjoyed that one. Thanks. And I thought I'd play a little bit of a promo that goes quite well with uh, our episode 69 as well. Is that all right? We've had it before, but uh, we'll play it again just to remind people they can find us online. The Waste of Web Space podcast. You can find us online, wasteofwebspace.co.uk. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. And Fish is always on Pornhub. Dirty boy. Episode 69. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, our um, episode sixty-nine. <laughs> uh, anyway, that, that's I'm, I'm, I'm quite impressed that to say that we had absolutely nothing to talk about and no news stories. I think we've gone for about an hour and twenty-five minutes, an hour and a half, something like that. Yeah, our we've... sixty-nine has lasted that long. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, if you want to get in touch with us please do you can write to us on the video uh, underneath the video if you're watching or you can uh, if you're listening to us you can obviously get in touch uh, usual sort of ways website wasteofwebspace.co.uk tweet us waste of webspace facebook waste of web there's loads of places places you can get in touch and as well we're on spotify now as well which is like the a new you know so so if you are listening on this and you normally listen to things on your spotify account you can listen on there now if it's a bit more easy for you or if you know people who like looking for podcasts but we've not been on there before then you could point them our way and we're actually on on spotify now which is um right, right up there with apple Podcasts, isn't it for some of the more popular services for listening to things on so there you go i I think you're vastly overestimating my knowledge in this area by asking me that question, Jimbo. You st- I still have to give you a cassette, don't I, every week? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> you have to transcribe it, write it out, and just give it me and let me read it on my own. <laughs> right. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you Thank again you next much. time. See you next week. Bye-bye.